Hello Gen Xers, welcome back to the water cooler. It's nice to see you and I hope you can help to reset my sanity because the world as has been per usual is upside down and on fire. So I am happy to see you and and to get a little bit of uh, positive reinforcement here from my fellow uh, apathetic and and cynical Gen Xers. Did you see these uh, crazy protests that are happening in Cuba? Uh, you know, it's it's really interesting to watch uh, that develop. Um, but apparently, there's these widespread protests ar around Cuba boldly uh, protesting against communism. I mean, it's kind of compartmentalized that for a minute. Isn't that crazy? You know, in, in Cuba, of all places, they are protesting against communism. I mean, if anybody knows the horrors of a communist regime, it would be the folks in that, in that little island nation. Uh, second only to those Cubans who have fled and are now residing in the United States, uh, particularly in South Florida, and a number of other sort of uh, sister protests have uh, sprung up in Florida to su support those in Cuba. Um, so it's just very interesting to see um, in, in light of our woke culture and our hard shift to the left in the United States. It was kind of surreal to watch those people protest. And not too unlike the protests that happened in Hong Kong just on the just on the threshold of the uh, pandemic last year. Um, but it was very interesting to watch. It was disappointing, however, to see the reaction and response, predictable though it may have been, from the White House and the media, um, because they did not frame these as protests against a brutal, oppressive communist regime. No, 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 no. No, they had a, a different take on it. Their perspective on it was that these were protests against or protesting the lack of access to the COVID vaccine in Cuba. That is how they chose to spin it. Again, now either they are really, really daft and stupid, or they are so brutally and boldly dishonest that it is just too much to handle. I'm not sure where I fall on that. Maybe in a bit of both, but it's it was stunning to see surreal because it's you know predictable you'd almost be more surprised if they didn't if they were just honest and straightforward about it but that's uh that was their perspective on that whole uh whole deal it's really really bizarre and it almost makes me wonder if i mean is is this just a a administration and a political party that just wants to cede the state of Florida to their opponents for the next decade plus. I mean, it seems to be. I mean, if if you want to lose in that state, support the communist regime in Cuba, and by all means. I mean, those those people who have risked life and limb and separated themselves from family to come to this country to get a taste of the freedom here, but 
more directly to flee their conditions in Cuba and how they're treated in Cuba. Now, you want to support that. I mean, BLM just came out with a statement in support of the communist regime in Cuba. I mean, you have Jackie Chan supporting the CCP. But again, that's you know a Hollywood knucklehead. You, you would expect that. But this seems to be something that will bite them for quite some time. We'll see how that progresses. But uh, it was weird, interesting. Um, certainly not the way I would have, have played that one out. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, equally as bizarre, did you see this crazed rioting and looting that happened, happened or happening in South, Af- in South Africa? I mean, crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, now South Africa is, you know, they have their own uh, checkered past, their own stains and on their uh, in their culture with apartheid and how long that lasted. But they tend to be a bit of a violent or dangerous uh, you know, country. It's not the safest place to live. But apparently, uh, recently, um, President Jacob Zuma was arrested on um, charges of corruption and, and some other things. And that has sparked some of the most crazy and violent and out-of-control rioting and looting you will ever see. And keep in mind, that's coming from some folks, as, as we Gen Xers have witnessed, not only the rioting and looting of the past year, er, peaceful protests, but all the rioting and looting that we've seen at various times in our lifetime, you know, not the least of which being in Los Angeles after the Rodney King ruling. These riots and the looting that's happening in South America make that look like a sidewalk sale in the summer. It is crazy town. If you hadn't seen it, dial it up. It will blow your mind. Now, unlike the rioting here in the United States, the military has been deployed um, and you know, to, to put an end to that. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting way to handle that, you know, to, to deploy your military to stop that kind of mass violence and rioting and looting. I mean, some would argue that the way to handle that is to defund the police. But in South Africa, they decided to uh, take a little bit more of a heavy-handed approach. But check that out. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's surreal. Again, another example of how the world is just on fire. I mean, you have a, a, a president or ex-president who's, arrested on uh, corruption charges and it causes that i mean we we have some incidents of you know police violence or or alleged discrimination and we get mass rioting and looting for weeks on end so i mean just it's just odd it's crazy i don't know where we decided or when we decided to abandon decorum and and uh, any notion that we can debate things and settle them in the arena of public opinion. But uh, we, lately we've just seemed to decide that violence and looting is the way to go. I mean, I wouldn't think so, but that, that is certainly a way to go. Equally biz- as bizarre, I 
of the past few days, if you've seen the Democrat lawmakers in Texas, apparently there is a bill within the Texas House, I believe it is, that is being uh, floated to uh, strengthen voter integrity laws. Now, this is coming after 2020, and it, all the nonsense that went down with that election. Now, if you kind of rewind your mind for a second, just, just a short year ago, and going into the election season, it was very much feared at the time that due to the pandemic, it was possible, if not likely, that uh, the masses would not be able to vote in person. So as sort of an emergency, uh, akin to Emperor Palpatine in the Star Wars prequels, decided to grant these emergency uh, provisions to make it easier for people to vote because there was a presidential election happening. Um, the House was up for re-election, a third of the Senate's re up for re-election. So they felt it was critical to make it possible that in light of a pandemic that people can vote because they didn't want the risk of infection and uh, spreading or catching the virus to preclude people from voting. So what happened? Well, a lot of nonsensical things, in my opinion, uh, were decided and certainly was a way to go. wasn't the way that I would choose, but they... Uh, in various areas, um, decided to uh, just send out ballots to all registered voters, and uh, you know, you know, those voter rolls are never accurate. They are lagging in in their accuracy. But there were several states that just sent out ballots, whether or not you requested one. They set up twenty four hour drop box locations that were unsecured. They allowed party canvassers to collect ballots en masse. And the list goes on and on. I'm just, I mean, if, if, if they were done in good faith, just horribly naive provisions to put for a national election, and that's where they decided to go. So many states, Texas being one, has decided that using 2020 as the, our new benchmark, because these are the new rules in place, that what was set forth in 2020 needed to be tightened up a bit. So that's what they have done. In, in many cases, Texas among them, they've come up with some new provisions like extending the... Um, the time in which someone can can vote, you know, by mail or um, that make it required that you have to provide your driver's license number when you are requesting a ballot. You will only receive a ballot if you request one that won't be sent out in mass. Things like that. I mean, it seems to be very pragmatic steps and measures. But when these types of things are floated by uh, a Republican majority in any state or on the national level. Oh, lordy, the tantrums that go down from the other side of the aisle are something to behold, and you are seeing that now in Texas. Now, when these are floated by a Democrat majority or a Democrat caucus in a, a state or a national level, it's democracy in action. But when... Republicans do it. It is a threat to 
or voter rights, it's racist, and blah, 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 which, again, only goes to make me trust them less and believe them less. And that's exactly what's happening in Texas. So um, they, the Democrat caucus in Texas has fled the state in an effort to stop the vote on this voting rights bill. Now, again, th- th- this is not too unusual. I mean, this happens all the time. You know, the Democrats lie all the time of what these, what are in these things. I've never one time heard them articulate specifically what these uh, new initi- initiatives are are floating that makes it harder to vote. I mean, harder meaning that it's not just completely open ended and and. and it makes you actually, as a voter, initiate the process. Well, I suppose, but 2020 is not the greatest benchmark when it when if you want to codify ease of voting. But that's what what they do, and and they're having a tantrum. But I mean, this is like about 23 other bills around the the country in, in various states have been put out there and, and voted on and passed to make make it, quote-unquote, harder to vote, but harder relative to the 2020. And then, interestingly enough, a similar number, around, two, around 23 bills, have been floated around to make it easier for people to vote. I don't seem to remember the hand-wringing in the media and on Twitter about those initiatives it only seems to be when a republican caucus uh puts that out there and and in response to that the esteemed democrats in texas have fled the state but in doing so they they just could not resist stopping and taking a very toothy selfie in a private jet of this democrat caucus fleeing texas like the heroes they are uh, with no masks in his private chartered plane and a case of Miller Lite <laughs> firmly secured in one of the seats. Good Lord, what a crew they are. Um, and you know, Governor Abbott has now threatened that they will be arrested when they return to the state. And who knows where this will end up. I can certainly appreciate the frustration on the part of the governor. I can appreciate him wanting to do that. I would probably advise him not to do so and to not make them martyrs, to not give them a chance to weirdly lionize themselves as these champions of freedom and and willing to be arrested for their beliefs and whatever make that make them come home after the little, little tantrum mock them if you wish demean them if you wish and let them come home to shame totally fine arresting them and eh, i'm probably a little bit heavy-handed even if it is justified um but i don't know who, who knows where that will go now I, although we probably do know where that'll go because you just have to kind of go back in our minds to, I think, around 2011 when something very similar happened in Wisconsin. At the time, uh, Governor uh, Scott Walker was was in office and they were putting a new right-to-work 
uh, law together to do away with the sort of coercive membership in unions and paying union fees to give more rights to the individual and not force them to join unions, whether it's public or private sector or whatever. Well, very similarly enough, the Democrats in the state of Wisconsin fled. They fled here to Illinois. They fled to Rockford of all places, which, you know, you want to flee your state. Rockford eh, wouldn't be my first choice, but that's where, where those knuckleheads did. And in their stead, a group of very angry and loud and violent union supporters and Democrat activists descended on the capital, state capital in Madison and set up shop there. I mean, upwards of 10,000 or so people packed the rotunda and refused to leave until the Republicans w delayed or gave up the voting on that bill. Now, it wasn't called a an insurrection. It wasn't called a threat to freedom. It wasn't called intimidation. Um, it was uh, held up as as being a hero not not too unsurprising and not too different than those democrats fleeing the state now if you want a good laugh i advise you to go to twitter and look up those knuckleheads from the state of texas and what they are tweeting about their experience in fleeing fleeing the state um i have a newfound respect to them because unbeknownst to me these guys are fighting on the front lines of the American Civil War, not this new civil war that's being predicted, but like the 1863 Civil War. I mean, they have their muskets, they have their their ball and powder, and they are fighting the good fight. I mean, they are heroes in the truest sense of the word. They are getting their red badge of courage. But or just like the Democrats in Wisconsin 2011, they are uh, children. They are throwing a tantrum. And I just, I for one, am just not going to let them off the hook uh, for that. But it's, it, again, it's not an insurrection you know, like, like it was in January 6th. Although, thankfully enough, they are, as they're investigating those who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, they did find the smoking gun of smoking guns. They found at the home of, of one of the individuals who breached the Capitol, a Lego set of the U.S. Capitol. It's what they found. Clearly, that means that they were intent on in, in, initiating or participating in this insurrection because that's how they were laying out their plans. Now, I don't believe the Lego set was completed, but this was evidently part of the plan, part of the blueprints. They weren't going to use actual blueprints. They weren't going to use anything off the internet. They were going old school and they were using Legos. Again, it's, we've seen this before. Um, you know, when the empire uh, ransacked Tatooine, they found a Lego Death Star set in Luke Skywalker's sleeping quarters that's how they were on to them that they 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 needed to up their game and demonstrate on alderaan because they found in this insurrectionist sleeping quarters a lego death star so kudos to you sirs continue the great work 
and that the crack uh, detective work. Also, as far as COVID updates go, um, apparently the Biden administration, in an effort to increase their lagging numbers in vaccine percentages, they are going door to door to spread the good word. They are going to be soliciting door to door the unvaccinated to try to get them to needle up and take the, take the poke particularly among children. And Jen Psaki declared that this is what they're going to do. However, the media and some on Twitter are denying that this is going to be a thing. Again, I'm, I am no clinician, but I believe this is your textbook gaslighting experience with the weird, bizarre door-to-door efforts. I hope beyond hope that some hapless hired gun from the White House knocks on my door so I can have a little talk and tell them exactly what I think about the arm twisting and and uh, guilting of those to receive the vaccines. But that's uh, that's how they are. They're going to canvas it old school. They're going to spread the good word. You know, have you taken the, the Lord and Savior Anthony Fauci to be your your Savior? Um, have you have you taken him to to tell you about the airborne HIV? You know, from from the eighties. That's that's what he was pushing back then. You know, and and here we are. He's he's saying, of course, those above three should be masking as they go back to school, and blah 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 blah. So t- take him as your savior, believe everything he says, and, and do not question. I mean, that's that's what they're wanting. That's what they want. Again, in a further effort to increase their vaccine efforts, the White House has asked private phone companies to block texts regarding vaccines, uh, particularly ones in which they feel are spreading misinformation. You heard that right. They want phone companies, similar to what the cooperation they've received from social media companies like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, to sanitize and to censor the message that goes out regarding vaccines. That should send a chill up every Gen Xer's spine. You know, I I grew up just absolutely terrified of the Soviet Union and what it would be like to live in a communist regime. And to tell you, we are jumping in with two feet. I mean, the fact that a political party or a president or anybody would align themselves with with uh, businesses, whether they are publicly traded or privately held, to control a message to their customers, unbeknownst to their customers, uh, to spread their own propaganda. It's chilling. But they have seen success with that wherever they've turned within the media, within social media. So, hey, why not? I, I guess I, I can understand where they're coming from. In that regard, but it's just absolutely crazy. It's insanity. I mean, they it they want to control the way we think, and if we disagree with them for whatever reason, 
they are going to shut us up. And not when I say they, it's not just uh, these you know, tech companies, um, but it's, it, it's anybody at the behest of the White House or at the behest of the Democrat National Party. That is chilling. I mean, that is China and Hong Kong chilling. It is absolutely crazy. But that's where they are. They want to control that narrative. And, it, I mean, you can reasonably hold the position and the opinion that the vaccines are safe and good and that everybody should get that. That You can have that and still be reasonable, reasonable and have all the you know, facts and data to support your argument, and that's fine. You can also be very, very skeptical regarding these vaccines, whether it's the efficacy of it, the um, ethics of it, of you know, rushing you know, something that's out this quick. I mean, we were just warned just less than a year ago by uh, the sitting vice president heels up, Harris, that uh, if a vaccine that's been pushed by the Trump administration, she would not take it. And now they are evangelizing it door to door. Why we're supposed to take them seriously is beyond me. But you can have the opinion that that vaccine it might not be safe or that there are adverse side effects, which there are, and you can have a reasonable position. And reasonable people can disagree, but for whatever reason, the media, social media, and the administration in the White House and Democrat Party are not comfortable having a reasonable disagreement they're just not they want to control it they want to control how we think they want to control how we act they want to control what we say and what we uh, text to each other in private conversations but you but it, it, it even if there is actual facts and data to back up your your opinion and as far as the vaccines there is mounds of facts and data to support that and to be wary and skeptical of that vaccine if you haven't had a chance to Check out the VIRS system. That's the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reporting System. Anybody can look it up. It's it's from the government. It's um, all documentations of adverse effects from vaccines. And my wife and I have been looking into this for the past number of weeks, and it's fascinating and scary to look at all of the adverse effects that if people have had following the COVID um, vaccine. And if you look on it, it's, it's sorted or you can, it's sortable by manufacturer, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson, Johnson. Um, it, you can look to see the different types of reactions that people have had, like, you know, anaphylaxis or chest pains or any number of things, hospitalization, um, someone with no history of this, this, and that, how in and having some adverse medical episode, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And what's interesting is apparently this VIRS system is only represents the data that's in there only represents about forty percent of events. So you can multiply it by like two and a half, and that's probably a little bit more reasonable for what is representative of these adverse effects. Now, as we're reading these things, it's as horrifying as it is, there's part of me that thought, again, I'm not a nurse or a doctor, but just think about it logically. I thought, well, 
what's this like compared to like a normal year? I mean, the, the flu vaccine's out there, you know, been for years and people take it each year. How, how do these adverse effects uh, compare to and in, in, you know normal years? So we we did it because you can sort on the different types of vaccines um, and, and by year. And so we did that. We went back two, three years, sorted it by influenza A and B you know, vaccines, and we searched for the adverse effects, and we found exactly zero cases. As far as COVID vaccine goes, there are mounds of cases. I urge you to go look at that, the, you know, at the, the VIR system and check it out for yourself. It's all there. And as, again, that's not to say that the vaccine is not safe and that you shouldn't take it. You can go consult your doctor, follow their advice. However, if you are skeptical, you have more than enough justification to be skeptical. You can look at it and, and have that be a reasonable opinion to take. Um, and it's all there. It's all there. So to go check it out, um, even, even though the White House does not want us to uh, have that opinion. Um, but they, they want to control that narrative. And, and it, it's just scary to see how this develop, developing because you said that the U.S. Navy has is following woefully behind in their preparedness for war. Apparently, they have they are too preoccupied with wokeness training and diversity training, and they've decided that that is superseding their war training to the point where you know, we've had explosions on some ships and we've had to surrender them to Iran because our our sailors are just not prepared right now because of all this woke nonsense that's uh, permeating the military and you can that's obviously something that comes straight from the commander in chief they wouldn't be doing it if they weren't getting that direction it is terrifying to think of where we're going to be with years of this administration. It's not just Biden. I mean, he's he's probably more of a puppet than anything, but the the knuckleheads pulling the strings behind the scene, probably the same knuckleheads that were pulling the string behind the Manchurian President uh, uh, Obama for those eight years. And now we're at a point where our Navy's just not ready, and it's it's scary. Uh, but that's uh, that's where we are now. Again, I, I, so much crazy nonsense going on in the world, but at least we are coming back to life slowly but surely. And I had a, the opportunity this past week to get back to the movies again, and it's f- fun. It's again, it wasn't the greatest uh, movie ever, but you know, we could we went and we saw Black Widow. I'll kind of give you my thoughts on that in a second, but it was just nice to get back into the theater because, you know, that's one of the things I'm just, just like most of you, you know, I, as the summer goes on, I always like to look at, you know, the new movies coming out and see what's coming out when and, and plan out, you know, what what movies each of the kids want to go to and what we want to have in our definite see what's a, you know, what's a Netflix, what's a rental, what do we want to wait a little bit on and, and to plan that out throughout the summer. Cause you know, in the summer, there's so many things coming out. But this year, it's been a struggle to find things that are out there that are worth spending the money that you have to to, to go see a movie. But we went and we saw Black Widow, 
and it's you know fun enough as far as you know superhero movies go. I mean, it's it was a movie, right? It wasn't it wasn't awful. I mean, there have been certainly worse, but there have definitely been better. Um, the one thing I I was I couldn't get out of my mind, and it's kind of a unfortunate byproduct of the cinematic universes that that we've been that have been you know permeating the past ten plus years. Is, you know, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, how does this fit in? How is this supposed to fit into, you know, the, you know, the the previous phase, and how in the next phase, how is this gonna be fitting in? And it was it was kind of distracting, and it kind of took me out of the moment, took me out of, uh, you know, taking in the experience, and I found that annoying. It was frustrating. You know, I I I like seeing movies now that are not you know, superhero movie or part of some expanded universe or a reboot or a remake or a prequel or a sequel, something that's just its own unique idea. But, you know, those are, are few and far between right now. And Black Widow is, again, is certainly one of those. It's, you know, it's a superhero movie. It's a sequel slash prequel or whatever. But it, I couldn't help but think that, you know, this was a movie that would have been better served coming out six years ago. I mean, it was a little bit past the point of interest, you know, that we've been past Infinity War and Endgame. Eh, I mean, it didn't offer anything new for me. Um, I think in, in isolation, if it had, had it not been a Marvel movie, you know, it, it probably could have been, you know, kind of an interesting by-the-numbers action movie. And But, you know, it was it was just fine, you know. So, I mean, if, if you have some patience, wait till it's no longer on that Disney premiere access and see it see it later it's fine enough it's not it's not uh one that you'd want to ignore like say captain marvel that was just absolute garbage uh, but it's certainly not one that i'd burn down the door to see um but we we my son and i just actually we finished loki and and that was good and we really enjoyed it we were probably more into it than than most um although i really enjoyed um watching wandavision i thought it was very creative it was very inventive it was an interesting way that for that one i think to bridge from phase three to phase four of marvel i thought that was a good jump start falcon and winter soldier i thought was terrible yeah that didn't i was bored watching those it, it I didn't care. It didn't. It didn't really do anything for me. Loki, I thought, was much more interesting. Um, it was it's kind of weird. It's confusing. Multiverses. I mean, that's your thing. Yeah, you, you'll probably love it. But for me, it was, you know, fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't. I wasn't enamored with it either. But um, apparently, they've renewed it for a season two, and so we'll see where that one goes and how it fits into uh, the other, uh, the rest of the the expanded universe. Last thing I wanted to mention, though, was actually a series that I really actually su- enjoyed, and I think I surprisingly enjoyed, and that is Ted Lasso. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. If not, I highly recommend it. This was one that I was, it just took me by surprise how much I enjoy it. Because one of the things I, I like to do when I'm you know, doing some you know, work around the house or I'm folding laundry or whatever, getting ready for the day, getting ready for bed, I like to just kind of put in a you know, something that I can binge, but that I'm not really, you know, sitting in and just tapped into, just kind of have on in the background. You know, I, I rewatched Cheers. That was great. I, we were at Seinfeld. That was great. And, and I, I, you know, put on Ted Lasso because that's, it's one I remembered from these, 
commercial spots that NBC Sports did a number of years ago, I think when they were starting to broadcast the Premier League in the UK. And the premise is this this, uh, folksy, very uber-positive, almost kind of like a Ned Flanders uh, football coach from, I think, Oklahoma, or Kansas he was coming from. And he gets hired to coach in the Premier League in soccer. And the guy goes, knows nothing about soccer. And and he has to, you know, adapt to, you know, different cultures and, you know, different, you know, where they use different phrases for things and whatever. Um, and it was, and so I just put it on just to have it on the background. And, and the first couple episodes, you know, they're okay. But I stuck with it. And the more I did, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. And it was it was one of those that I thought was just very, very interesting. First things first, it's very positive. And, and now more than ever, I, th- I think we can use something that's just fun and lighthearted and positive. And it's, it's not dripping with social agendas. You know, it's not dripping with woke culture or whatever. It's just fun and interesting on its own sake. Now, to be fair, you know, the vignettes on NBC Sports are or probably about as much as you need to know about the character, but you know, for for ten episodes of a of a dramedy, it, I I found myself hooked. You know, the, and the longer it went on, the more interested I was. I'm not going to spoil too much, but it's one where, you know, the the main character Ted Lasso, this this coach, he could have very easily become kind of a one dimensional goofball who's you know a dimwit and stupid and. And you know, kind of like a you know your typical Adam Sandler uh, character, but he wasn't. He was even though he was this very saccharine, sugary sweet uh, Ned Flanders type. You he had depth to him. There was more to him than just that. And you know, the main antagonist. Um, it was, it was, the plot was very similar to Major League, right? Where you know she wanted to tank to move the team to Florida. Where you know the the team owner um, has just recently gone through divorce, and her ex is this wealthy wealthy prick who's you know cheated on her, and 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 her and she's heartbroken and embarrassed, and it's very public. And but he absolutely just loves this local you know uh, premier soccer league team that he owns. But she gets it in the divorce, and so to kind of twist the knife in his side she hires ted lasso to be her coach so they can be so bad that they will be relegated (coughs) over the coming season and and just destroy his his beloved soccer team but unlike the owner in major league this owner is not just a again another a one-dimensional selfish jerky whatever and just doing all she can to to destroy it, but you know she actually has some depth to her, and she has very, very interesting dynamic with the head coach and with her staff, and um, it just, it's just very interesting. And the more it went on, the more character development was. I just, I found myself more and more into it, and more and more hooked. So I, if you're looking for something to binge, I highly recommend Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV Plus. I, I don't exactly sub- subscribe to it, but I, you know, I bought a MacBook last year, and it came. Uh, with that for free for a year, and so if you've bought an an, a, an Apple device in the past year and, and have a subscription to Apple TV Plus because of it, or you have one that you don't realize, 
and dial it up, watch it. And if uh, you're like me, it, it might be exactly what you are looking for. So uh, with that, uh, that was that was probably fun. I, I think I enjoyed talking about those movies and TV more than all the other nonsense that we have going on. So I uh, hope you have a good week and stay positive. And keep finding things to make you happy, make you smile, enjoy the time with your family. And I will see you next time. Uh, shout out to the Blues Brothers, and I will see you next time. Stay cool. Check